Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I got a word. Uh, we had a, we had, we hosted a friend's um, party on Friday night. Friday night. Yeah. Uh, they had a, a, a Holy Spirit party. Um, every year they, they, they just get together and just say, oh, what, what's the Holy Spirit going to do? And so I told them they could have it in our building this year. Uh, they did it downstairs. It was, it was great. And uh, but one of the things that they uh, that the Lord really told them to emphasize was to prepare the ground for the children that are going to be downstairs uh, for the children's ministry that started. Like that was kind of their main theme. And um, and so they they were they were prophesying over the kids that were to come. And uh, they were talking about one lady got a word that um, that that our kids would be known for prophesying before they can speak. Uh, so that was cool, um, and there was just a lot of words and a lot of a lot of prayer and a lot of. They felt like they were supposed to break the ground for the children's ministry that was that's getting ready to start. And so, so that was that was really fun. I was really excited about that. And then um, so they had this uh, this guy is a, a prophet and, and came in and he was kind of the the main speaker and his, he was really just going to speak a little bit and then prophesy over people and and uh, he said, well, before I start, I got a word for for. Uh, for me and Tabby, and so I was like, "Cool, you know, I, I will always take a word. I will always take a word." And so he goes to give me a word, and uh, he said that obviously my name is Grant, and he said um, that the Lord had told him that it was it was like access granted, kind of like um, he said basically. You've been praying for years, like you've been asking God for years for the breakthrough that you need for this place. You've been asking and asking and asking and asking. And God was saying, access granted, like no more asking, just start thinking. That's it. Like you're not allowed to ask anymore. You're just going to start thinking and watching it happen. And got so many great words, but that was the one that really stuck out with me. You got it. He's like, basically, you're not you're not going to ask anymore because. That's been my mode of, of operation. How I many of you know you have you have different ways you can pray, right? You can you can declare, you can prophesy, you can do all sorts of things. And my mode of operation for a long time has been like God, like do whatever you have to do, show me, you know, and, and really just asking Him like what what do you want to do? And uh, they just said it was a clear word. Do not don't don't ask anymore. You've asked enough. The bowl's full. You'll start thanking Him for what's about to happen. So how many of you know whenever you get a word, how many of you have ever gotten a word before? Hopefully if you've been here any amount of time, you've gotten a word. If you have not gotten a word since you've been here, shame on all of you. <laughs> because that is what we do. Yes, I love to heap, I love to heap shame and condemnation on you. So. If you've been here any amount of time, I would hope that you have received a word at some point. How many of you know whenever you receive a word, that is God's invitation into the future? It's like God actually stands at your future and puts a hook in you and starts pulling you towards that word. When you receive the word, it's like you get a hook put in you and he's literally pulling you into that word. He's pulling you into that truth. Now, listen, God is outside of time. And so his concept of time is a lot different than ours. 
but he stands outside of time, right? And he begins to pull you where he's taking you, right? Because he can see the whole thing. And so when I get a word like that that says, okay, it's time to stop asking and it's time to start thinking, he's just, he's just given me a, a clearer path to my future. How many of you know the fastest way between two points is a straight line? Right? And so when I get a prophetic word, what, I, what, what he's giving me is he's giving me a tool to navigate to go in the straightest path, straightest path possible to land on my destiny, to land on what he's called me to do. Now, how many of you know it takes a lot less time to go from here to here walking like this than it does walking like this? Right? And so without the prophetic, we are just kind of walking around aimlessly, hoping to land on what he's called us to do. But with the prophetic, I'm actually given tools to navigate the things that are going to be in my way, right? He's given me a tool to navigate so that I can find the straightest path possible to have no hindrances to what he's called me to do. That's good. Okay, so if God has called you to do something and I don't, I don't have my heart anchored in what he's saying, not just what he said, but what he is saying, as in the fresh rain of word that comes out of his mouth, how many of you know there's the word of God like that's been written and that's very valuable? But there's also the word that comes out of his mouth. They're both equally valuable. So if I ignore completely the word that comes out of his mouth and try to just live by the principles of this book, I will try this principle here, this principle here, this principle here, and hope to maybe get into my destiny. But with the prophetic and with the tools that he gives me by giving me a prophetic word and telling me my future and pulling me into my future, I can navigate the path with this book and with the word. And I can know when he says, go here, I can find it here and confirm that that is what he said. Because he won't speak anything that isn't consistent with his nature in this book. Yeah, yeah. So when I use both of these, when I use both of these, I get the, the right GPS location to get to my destiny without those roadblocks and hindrances. Do you guys see what I'm talking about here? Yeah. Like when God gives you a prophetic word, he's actually inviting you. He is saying, come right here into what I just said. And the fact that it comes out of the mouth, the fact that it's spoken, that God's word is spoken, it actually, it actually, the fact that it's spoken is what pulls you into your destiny. Because if it's spoken from his mouth, if it's, if it's joined with my mouth, spoken from his mouth, then it actually has grace to accomplish the task. That's a concept we talk about all the time. I tell you this all the time, but I need you to know that if God has spoken it, that means that as soon as it comes out of his mouth, the grace to accomplish the task has already come out. Yeah. If he's told you to yeah. do something, it will not lack grace in order to accomplish itself. If he's told you to do something, he's not going to say do it and then go figure it out. And then, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you some grace along the way if you need it. If he says to do it, that means the grace has already been deposited and you already have what it takes to get to that word. And the whole point is to stay anchored in that word so that as I navigate, I stay on the straightest path possible. Yeah. How many of you have read Psalm 138 before? Psalm 138 says, I have, or David is saying to, to God, he's saying, 
You have magnified your word above your name. Do you, do you understand the implications of that? You have magnified your word above your name. Remember, at the end of times, when the revelation happens, when Jesus steps on the scene and says, it's over, every single knee, every single knee on the earth will bow. Yeah. And there won't be a question. Every single knee will bow. And what will they bow to? The name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. How many of you know David had a revelation into God's heart that few people at that time had a revelation into? He was the man after God's heart. He knew God. He walked with God. He made such an impact on God's heart throughout history. And so David had to speak into God's character and said, you magnify your word above your name. And he didn't even know the fullness of what God's name was. Yeah. Listen, they wouldn't even write or speak the name of God. They would call him Yah for short. They didn't want to say his full name for in complete reverence and fear. And David is saying, as somebody with that understanding, you magnify your word above your name. So listen, if God is giving you a prophetic word, if you are getting a word from God, I ought to take it pretty seriously. Because guess what? He takes it pretty seriously. He magnifies it above his own name. You know, I've never understood. uh, Now, when you're in a prophetic culture all the time, there is this thing called familiarity. How many of you know familiarity breeds contempt? Yeah. There's this thing called familiarity. And I remember being at school in Reading where um, (laughs) everything was prophetic. Like people ran it into the ground. Seriously. (laughs) Everything was prophetic. (laughs) We're going to have a prophetic pool party. No, let's just swim. Like, you know, let's just be alive. And if prophecy happens, cool. But you know what I mean? Just be like this pool noodle is saying, like, God's really... Okay, so anyway. So, so everything was prophetic. And I never knew that this was going to be a struggle in my life because where I came from, the prophetic wasn't used. It wasn't, I mean, special occasions when the prophet came in town. Yeah. We use the prophetic. But I never thought this would be an actual struggle in my life. But I got to the point where I had to fight to maintain honor and reverence in my heart for the prophetic. Because it became so familiar, it almost became annoying. Like if I get one more prophetic word, guys, if I get one more prophetic word, I'm going to spit in the next person's face that gives me one. <laughs> Just shut up. Dude. Can I be real? (laughs) Is that okay? I never thought that would be a real struggle in my life. So there's a fight in the heart to stay reverent for the fact that God could speak at any moment through anybody. One of my greatest prophetic words that I've ever gotten came from somebody that wasn't a believer. 
And guess what? At the time, I wasn't a believer either. I had a teacher. My mom remembers this. During parent-teacher conferences, I had a teacher. She said, I know I'm going to read a book written by you one day. And I was, I didn't do any of my homework. I would turn, I would do my papers at six in the morning, go to school at eight, hand it to her, and she'd be like, there's an A. And she's like, I'm going to read books written by you one day. And I'm like, really? Because I can't even get a paper done. But how many of you know that word pulled me into my future? In my first actual book, she's one of the people that I mentioned where I say, thanks, you prophesied over me without even knowing it. I have to have reverence in my heart to understand that God can speak through anyone at any time. If he can speak through a donkey, he can speak through anybody. And so I have to maintain reverence in my heart and have an awareness in my heart and know God can speak at any time. And I'm going to keep my ears and my heart tuned for that moment. Some of the most prophetic things in my life were not intentionally prophetic. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Somebody says something to you and all of a sudden it hits your heart like a harpoon and you're like, oh, there it is. (laughs) So I, I... I've never understood the idea of people getting prophetic words and be like, that's neat. And then just going on with their life. Before anybody trained me in how I'm supposed to be as a Christian, the very first prophetic word I got, I was like, okay, okay. And I wrote it down. Before anyone could train me otherwise, every time I would get a prophetic word, I would record it or I would write it down. I had immense value for it in my heart because I'm like, this could be God speaking to me. And so I've never understood when a believer is getting a prophetic word and they're like, that's really great. And then they just go on with their life. I think some of it comes with familiarity. Some people, it comes with not knowing how to value the prophetic. But I'm telling you, he magnifies his word above his name. So if there's a possibility of him speaking, I better stop what I'm doing and acknowledge what he's saying because he magnifies it above his own name. The name which I can pray for people and watch their bodies get healed. He magnifies his word above that. I've never understood when somebody gets a prophetic word and then they go on and the next thing out of their mouth is the exact opposite of the word that they just got. You see them a week later, like they get a word about like, Hey, you're going to be a businessman. You're going to have five business businesses. You're going to fund the kingdom. You're going to be so abundant in everything that you do that you're going to be able to hand money to any ministry you want. And then the next week they're like, ah, oh, I'm so far. <laughs> I've never understood it. Why? He magnifies his word above his name. Now understand, I I know that some people prophesy and it's not prophesying. How many of you you ever heard of prophesying? There's this thing I follow on Facebook, it's called Church of Laugh, and they just put funny stuff from churches all over the world. And they talk about prophesying all the time, where it's like, 
It's like a guy hit on a girl. He's like, you know, God told me that we should probably go to Starbucks. It's called profit line. Um, now, I understand that not everybody, not everybody is perfectly tuned to what the Father's saying. And sometimes you're going to get prophetic words that aren't prophetic words. They're just coming out of a nice heart. Right? And so I, I believe that because that is a possibility, sometimes we don't attach the same reverence to the prophetic as we should. See, there's a big difference between that and then when the prophet comes in town, we're like, oh, they're a prophet. Therefore, I'm going to open up the anticipation of my heart. I'm going to be ready for a word because that's a prophet. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? At the end of the day, it could be God. And if he magnifies his word above his name, I better start paying attention. Because if it could be God, then he could be pulling me into my future. And he could be trying to give me the straightest path to my destiny. And when I don't value it, it's like getting a map through a course that you've never been before and taking the map and saying, nah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to take notes because it could be God. I'm going to record. I'm going to take it down. I'm going to put it in my heart because it could be God. And it may not even look like it's valid right now. But there may be a point down the path where I go, oh, my God, there it is. There's that word. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's been so many times where I thought that a moment wasn't prophetic until I got two years down the road and I realized it was the most prophetic thing I've ever seen. So at the end of the day, even though there may be people that aren't really prophesying, they're just speaking from a nice heart, take note anyway because if he exalts his word above his name, I better pay attention if there's a possibility of him speaking because he's trying to pull me into my destiny and I'm going to take longer to get there if I don't honor the word that he's spoken because it's what's pulling me directly into what he's called me to do. Yeah. That's the point of the prophetic. I'm putting a hook in your heart and pulling you in to who you're called to be and I'm giving you the tools and the options to go directly there. The reason why some of us take so long to get to our destiny is because we don't value what he's spoken over our life. And we keep going around the same circles that he said, you weren't even supposed to go that way. I gave you direction. Yeah. Listen, there has to be supreme value in my heart for the spoken word of God. There has to be supreme value for his word. Because he magnifies his word above his name. Mm -hmm. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word. 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 You are already clean because of the word, word spoken to you. Listen, if anything is going to get accomplished in your life, it's going to get accomplished through his word. When he speaks, he creates. Just look at the world. Guys, this is so huge. If he speaks a word to me and I leave it on the shelf and keep going with my life, I am blocking myself from my own destiny. Listen, the word of his mouth is so important. 
It is so important that even, see, we think that, we think that, oh, when I sin, God stops talking to me until I make myself right, and then he's going to start talking to me again. You want proof that that's not true? Adam and Eve fell in the garden. They ushered sin into mankind, the worst sin of all time. And what's the first thing God did? Hey, Adam. Hey, Eve. Guess what? He spoke to them. Because God understood it didn't matter how bad things got. It didn't matter how bad they just sinned. It didn't matter if they just ushered sin and death into the world. They need my voice. Yeah. They need my word. Yeah. Why? Because he exalts his word above even his own name. His name is the revelation of his character. Yeah. Listen, we don't like in the Bible and God... They didn't just like flippantly name people. If you were named something, it's because it was your nature. That's why when people's nature changed, God's like, you're going to need a new name. And so God, if, if God has a name for himself that he says, I am this, then what it is is an invitation into the revelation of his nature. So if he says, I'm Jehovah Jireh, that doesn't just mean that you can have a nice 90 song to dance to. It means that it's an <laughs> invitation into who he is. That means he is provider. Yeah. Yeah. Jehovah Jireh, my provider is grace is sufficient for me. For me. For me. Okay, that's enough of that. Flashbacks. <laughs> 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 Listen, if he has spoke it, that means it's already set in motion. And I can either lean in to what he's pulling me into, or I can walk the opposite direction and he'll have to drag me. <laughs> he's going to get you in your destiny one way or another. You can either lean into it and get there faster, or he can pull you on your butt. Right? What is, do you know what Jeremiah 1.12 says? God says to Jeremiah, he says, you have seen well, for I watch over my word to perform it. I, God, watch over my word to perform it. So God doesn't give me a word and say, hey, this is who you're going to be. This is where you're going to be. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. He pulls me into that word, and then as he's pulling me, he actually watches over the word to perform it himself. Most of you are exhausted because you're trying to perform his word. When it's his job to perform his word. I lean in to what he says, I partner and I co-labor with what he says, but if I try to perform his word, I'm trying to perform his word with grace that only he has. Why? Because it's his job to watch over his word. Listen, if God says it's coming to pass, well, the, <laughs> this is what I did. God calls me to do something, and then I'm like, I better start working hard. I better start really, really fighting to make that thing happen. How many of you know, I'm going 
in opposite directions. I'm fighting. I'm striving to make this thing happen. And all the while, he's like, hey, I'm the one who said it. And I'm the one that performs the word. I'm the one that watches over it. Go ahead and just let me pull you into it. The reason it's exhausting is because you're pulling against God. (laughs) It's not easy. (laughs) When have you ever wrestled with God in one? That's what I thought. Okay. So I, I, try to, I try to make decisions based on the Bible. Like I read the word and I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I, th- I think I should do. And I keep making decisions and making decisions and making decisions. And all the while, God's like, I gave you the answer. Just surrender to the word. That's what I love about this word that I got this year because you know what? It took all of the work out of my hands. Because yeah. <laughs> I was asking and asking. And I'd pray over the pews, and I'd pray over the building. I'd go, please, go, please, go. And then I get the word, and he's like, it's granted. Just go ahead and thank me for it. That means it's like, oh, you mean I don't have to zigzag in, in the forest any longer? You mean I can just walk as you pull me into, my, into that word, and I can just watch you perform it? It's really good. It's so good. Listen, do you know why God does that? Do you know why he does that? Because if I asked hard enough and worked hard enough and I eventually got there, I would think it was me that did it. Yeah, that's true. And so he pulls me into it without any of my own work so that he can prove to me only I could have done what I just did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hope you're feeling it. Okay. It's his responsibility. Yeah. Like, let me take a lot of weight off of you. If he spoke something over your life, it's his responsibility to fulfill it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> does, that, does that make anybody just feel like, oh, yeah. I feel better now? Yeah. If he spoke it, it's his responsibility. Ooh. He exalts his word above his name, and he watches his word in order to perform it. So therefore, I get to go, okay, Dad. Yeah. Okay, Dad. Yeah. I'm scared. Okay, Dad. Yeah. It's his responsibility. My job is to surrender to the word. My job is to surrender to him. Yeah. My job is to say yes and amen. Yeah. And the more that I try to work for it, I'm actually working against him. Yeah. Some of you are getting free right now. I can feel it. Yeah. Go to Numbers 13. Yeah, I said Numbers. What? <laughs> Thirteen verse seventeen. We're gonna read a good chunk of scripture here, so but it's gonna be about what I just talked about. So you guys feeling freer? Yes. yes. Good. You know what grace does? It takes all the work off of you. So that's that's how you know if you're hearing grace. If you feel like, ooh, I feel lighter and then I feel like I'm really impressed with what God does and not impressed with what I do, you're probably hearing grace. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Verse seventeen. When Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. So you guys know where we are then? Moses is sending the spies into the promised land. When Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, Go up there to the Negev, then go up into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many. How is the land in which they live? Is it good or bad? And how are the cities in which they live? Are they like open camps or with fortifications? How is the land? Is it fat or lean? 
Are there trees in it or not? Make an effort to get some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Go to verse um, verse 25. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation and the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. Some great names in here. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Okay, stop right there. What was God's promise to these people when they were wandering in the desert? There will be a land flowing with milk and honey, and you will possess it. Right? Yep. So how many of you know they're in Egypt? They're breaking out, and that word is literally pulling them to the promised land. How many of you know it took 11 days to get from here to here? They took 40 years. The math is not good for them. Why? Because instead of going straight, they went like this. And wandered, and wandered, and wandered, and wandered, and wandered, and kept looking back, and kept looking here, and kept looking there. Okay? Now, God said, you will possess it. There will be a land flowing with milk and honey, and you will possess it. Case closed. So God just gave them their future and said, this is the word. And remember, he magnifies his word above his name, and he watches over his word to perform it. How many of you know, if you look at the desert, he definitely watched over his word and performed it? Yeah. I would say a sea splitting in half and walking on dry ground is performing his own word. Yeah, that's right. It should have only taken that. It should have only taken the ten plagues. But getting through there should have been like, man, we good. Yeah. <laughs> but it took 40 days before they started complaining about manna. Manna. Food. Supernatural food. So God said, you will. Here's the word. End the story. And what he was doing is he's putting a hook in their heart and inviting them into their future. So the spies go to the land and they say, guess what, guys? It's flown with milk and honey. What does that mean? If they just confirmed that it was flowing with milk and honey, just like God said, then that means the word that God said is true and it's over. Right? That means God's word is true and we will possess it. Because he said there will be a land flowing with milk and honey and you will possess it. So if they saw the milk and honey and it was flowing... That means, oh, we will possess it. No question. There is no room for wavering there. God said it. Yeah. There's a problem. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities were fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. What are they saying? You know what? God was right. It's flowing with milk and honey. But there's some really big dudes there. Notice how God just seemed to omit the fact that those big guys were living there. Yep. You know why? It didn't matter. No. It didn't matter who was living there. Because God said, it's flowing with milk and honey, and you're going to possess it. It wouldn't have mattered if Satan himself and all of his armies were waiting in that land. God said, you're going in the land, you're going to possess it, so nothing else matters. 
So when God says to you, and you're like, I have negative $200 in my bank account. And he's like, you're going to be a businessman that provides money to the kingdom. You're going to have five businesses. And you're like, but, but I have this, this giant here in my bank account. Um, excuse me, did I stutter? I said, you're going to be. This will happen. Sometimes God will show you the milk and honey before you possess what he said. Yeah. Sometimes he will give you a peek into the promised land before you actually possess it so that you know as you're going along the path, I'm headed in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, it should have been game over, milk and honey, we're going to possess it. Yeah. Okay, verse 29. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people. He had to quiet the people because the, the, the ten spies just got them all stirred up. They're like, oh my God, there's big guys living here. There's big guys living here. There's big guys living here. They're really scary. And everybody's like, ah! And they immediately lost sight. They immediately lost sight of what God just told them. And so Caleb gets up and he's like, guys, whoa, rev it down. Chill. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. Caleb's like, hey guys, remember how God said you're going to find a land flowing with milk and honey, and when you do, you're going to possess it? He didn't care who was living there. He's like, guys, we'll surely possess it. Why? God said so. Yeah, right. It's literally that simple. Right. He's like, we don't need to spend our time wandering around. Maybe, oh, maybe we could go around the west side. Maybe we could. No. God said we're going to possess it. Let's go. You guys, you need more Caleb's in your life. Yeah. You need to be a Caleb. When everybody starts, ooh, 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 you'd be like, shut up. Remember, God said. Sometimes, man, people, I like, I watch them get a word, and they're panicking a week later, and it's like, guys, like God just said. Right? Okay. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against this people. Duh. For they are too strong for us. Duh. Are they too strong for God? No. Okay. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, are part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. How many of you ever watched a grasshopper before? Do they just walk in a nice little straight line? No, they're spastic little bugs that jump all over the place. They have no direction. Do you see what I'm saying here? Caleb's like, let's go forward. And they're like. <laughs> Guys, remember God said we're going to possess it. And they're just. 
Do we see how ridiculous that is? Like, if God exalts his word above his name, and he watches over his word to perform it, and he says to you, this is who you're going to be, and you go, nah, that's so dumb. <laughs> Literally, like, that is so dumb. <laughs> 14. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. <laughs> Not only did they get in a ruckus, they went home and they're like, oh, it's all over. <laughs> right? All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses. So now it's Moses' fault. I know he says. Right? So, so the people don't want to listen to their prophetic destiny and it's the leader's fault. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm not saying that as a, as a plug for me or anything. <laughs> Take note. Okay. Uh, and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land? To fall by the sword, our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Guys, this is so stupid. Literally, they just got out of Egypt. Years and years and years of slavery. They had miraculous, miraculous signs and wonders to get them out of Egypt, to get them to the point where God said, you're going to have your own land, it's going to be amazing. They see a couple big guys, and they're like, I need to go back to Egypt now. Let's find somebody that's dumb enough to take us back there. How many of you know somebody that no matter how many words they get, they're always returning to their past? If, if my heart is not anchored in where he's pulling me, I will naturally always return to my past. So not only is God pulling you into your past, he's pulling you, or pulling you into your future, he's pulling you away from your past. If you keep returning to the same past over and over again, it's time to anchor your heart in what he said about the future. Because their hearts were not anchored in this land is yours, you will surely possess it. It's flowing with milk and honey. Because their heart was not anchored there and that hook was not in their heart, it never sat in, they started returning back to the very place that they got in trouble in the first place. How many of you have some cycles in your life where you keep going back to the same crap? Sorry for the word, but... It's because you're scared of the promised land. It's because you're scared of what he said because you think it depends on your strength in order to accomplish it. And the whole point was, I'm going to bring you to this land. You ain't going to have to do nothing. How many of you know they didn't have to do anything to get out of Egypt? They just had to walk. And so he's saying, I'm pulling you into the promised land. And what do they say? Oh, we can't fight those guys. And he's like, guys, I literally just destroyed the Egyptians while you walked on dry land through water. I said you'll possess it. Question over. Just go. We're like, but I can't fight those guys. No, no. I'm going to go lay bricks down in Egypt. You want to stop returning to your past? You want to stop going through the same cycles over and over again? Start anchoring your heart in what he said about your future. Because if he spoke in your future, he's inviting you and pulling you into that truth and that word. Listen, this is why 
God said to them in the wilderness, man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It wouldn't have mattered how full their bellies got while they were in the wilderness if their hearts weren't anchored in the word that was coming out of his mouth. Because they would just die there in the wilderness, even if their stomachs were filled. Whatever needs to be accomplished in your life, whatever you're called to, it's going to be accomplished by his word, not by you. He'll let, he'll let you steward some of the credit. He'll let you steward some of the glory. But at the end of the day, nothing gets accomplished in your life without his word. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I need to stop being scared of what he's called me to do. Because if he's called me to do it, he's magnified his word above his name. And he's watching over the word to perform it. And I just get to walk through on dry land and say, yes, that." Stop making the path harder on yourself. Listen, if God tells me, stop asking, you're going to start thinking, I'm going to go, okay, Dad. Why? I want to get there. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I want to get there. How many of you want to get there? You want to be here and like, oh, no, honey, ah, so good. <laughs> Manna was never meant to be their, their forever food. It was yeah. temporary. And I know a lot of people that think that, oh, I want to live like the wilderness where God supernaturally supplies all of my needs all the time. No, you don't. That's the wilderness. That's the wilderness. The best you'll ever be in is the wilderness. The the actual goal was that you would get into the land that he's called you to be in and you'd be so fruitful and the land would be flowing with milk and honey and the work of your hands would be so blessed and that you would be so prosperous that you would become a resource. Yeah. Not just somebody that needs a breakthrough all the time. So what I'm saying is God's trying to pull you into the promised land. He's trying to pull you into your future. Stop being a grasshopper. Are we cool with that? Yeah. Okay, let's pray. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Love your word. Thank you for your heart. Oh, I just thank you for... I, here's what I ask, God. I ask that the words that have been spoken over each individual, even the ones that they forgot, I just feel like there's specific people, there's words that you've actually forgotten that they even happened. The Holy Spirit's going to bring them up to your heart right now. He's, he's supposed to call to remembrance, so he's going to bring it to remembrance right now. And then those that know exactly what word, like as soon as I was talking about this, you knew what word it was that you've been avoiding. There's going to be a fresh conviction in your heart to, to, to surrender to it. I thank you that when you speak, you don't leave us high and dry, but you actually give us grace to perform the word. That you actually pull us into our future. We love you, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.